Michigan football shores up the one position that it was maybe having a weakness at, while Michigan basketball, not to be left out, gets a transfer commitment of its own. Locked on Wolverines podcast. You are locked on Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Wednesday. We are back and doing it. Locked on Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. Obviously, we are going to get to the transfer news, which affected both of the premier sports in Ann Arbor. Uh, Michigan football gets a commitment from Josh Wallace. I don't know how to say Oliver Kimhoa, I'm assuming. Kimoa. I, I don't know for sure exactly if that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, nonetheless, Michigan basketball gets a commitment from Oliver. We're going to say Camoa until uh, corrected. I'm certainly going to be corrected. Uh, but we're going to start off talking about uh, the flagship program, the football program, and then we'll get into uh, into the basketball of it all. And then we're going to go over some 24-7 sports crystal ball predictions. There seems to, uh, to be one pouring in every every day, every other day, something like that. Uh, a couple in the last couple days here. And uh, it just seems we can kind of, again, get more of an idea of where Michigan football is going to be in terms of this recruiting class. Uh, so let's start off with Josh Wallace. Um, so I had spoken to somebody last week uh, that was close to close to him. And uh, they they weren't sure yet if he was going to end up at Michigan or Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech had uh, some of his DeMatha coaches, former DeMatha coaches there uh, in Blacksburg. So uh, it was it was going to be a challenge, but Michigan offered quite a lot. Right. So he he went and visited at the top of the month uh, late last week, uh, got to really get a, a good indication. Now, here's the thing about him that I was told uh, keep in mind, he's yet another. He's the fifth team captain to have uh, been added to uh, this class via the transfer portal. Uh, he so he he has that fit. He's he didn't necessarily rate super super high in terms of uh, PFF. He was 191st in coverage nationally. Uh, but uh, my source was was just telling me like, listen, there, there, Matt UMass doesn't have like a lot of like big time talent. He was one of the few, right? Like he was, he was one guy who was kind of standing alone on an Island compared to the rest. Um, UMass went one in 11 or one in 12 rather last year. Uh, didn't, uh, they did come relatively close in a couple games, including Texas A&M. They were certainly right there on the, on the cusp of that one. He had a good game against Texas A&M. His best game came against Buffalo, uh, otherwise, Stony Brook was his standout. Uh, so I, I've got some of his numbers up here. Uh, like I said, his grade against Buffalo was an 89.8. Stony Brook was a 79.3. Uh, certainly, Texas A&M wasn't his best game, a 66.1. Uh, but uh, that comes ahead of uh, their game against UConn, behind Army. Uh, but Ar- he played safety against Army, and Army doesn't exactly... You know, I don't really need a cornerback for for that game, right? Because Army's not exactly tossing the ball around. Um, really struggled at the top of the season, the first two games. Uh, and granted, these are two teams that like to pass the ball, Tulane and Toledo. 
Uh, really struggled, particularly with tackling against Tulane. Uh, got better with tackling. Uh, was a little bit worse in coverage against Toledo. Daquan Finn is a heck of a quarterback. We saw that uh, even against Ohio State. Um, but uh, he 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 was so that first he started off the season in the fifties, and then he had that Stony Brook game, and that kind of set the tone for the rest of the season. Uh, did well against another passing team, Liberty, not in the 60s, 59.5 as, as his grade, 59.1 coverage grade, really good run defense grade, uh, really good tackling grade. So for the most part, with two games being outliers, Tulane and Arkansas State, he is a solid tackler. He did finish with a 71.2 grade overall, but most of his – that's in large part because he had a 36.7 in week one, a 28.3 against Arkansas State and against New Mexico State a 47.3. But otherwise, you, you, I mean, you're seeing 80.5, 80.1, 81, 80.5, 80.5, 80.5, 76.7. Lots of really good numbers for him. He also has some pass rushing. So to go to the stats uh, real quick. Uh, he did have, okay, I think it was three tackles for loss. Yes, three tackles for loss uh, for four yards. So he's a guy who can do that. Uh, in terms of uh, passes broken up, he was the best on the team with eight in uh, in 12 games worth of play. And uh, so, yeah, one in 111. It's just I was looking at the numbers and seeing 13 uh, naturally. Um, he was uh, six on the team. I was going to say fourth. Six on the team in tackles with 41, uh, 32 were solo. So he, he's he's a guy, like I said, with the tackling. He had two games that weren't good and then otherwise, or three maybe that weren't good uh, and then nine that were. Uh, but he is certainly a, uh, a solid player. Now, how does he fit in? What is Michigan going to do with him? Well, the, here's the good news is he is a starting caliber player. He's got uh, the four years under his belt. He certainly is a... Uh, is someone who's uh, who's been through it all, right? Like 2019, didn't play a heck of a lot, still had an interception. Well, I shouldn't say didn't play a lot. I played 12 games. Uh, just looking at the stats more, 33 tackles. 2020 is when he didn't really play a lot. He played in four games, but I don't know how many games UMass actually played in. 2021, 53 tackles, uh, four tackles for loss, 12 passes broken up. So uh, he, he's a guy who's got the experience. He's a guy who has played... Quite a bit. And that shores up the one literal one question mark I had about the team. Because now if you look at Armarian Walker or Miles Pollard or Jade McBurrows and say one of those guys is not ready for prime time, you have someone who essentially is. And plus, even if he isn't like a like the traditional starter, now you at least have that three man rotation that you hope to have at corner. Um, and then you add Mike saying we're still into that mix. I mean, it, now you're just deep everywhere. That's the really good news. You're just deep everywhere. And uh, I feel like this is one of those. I don't know what he was ranked in the transfer portal. Uh, I don't have 24-7 sports up except for the crystal ball. I don't want to change that. Uh, I know he wasn't necessarily a highly, highly ranked guy. But again, you look at fit. Team captain, guy who is, you know, is coached well, uh, just really good reviews from the people I talked to who are close to uh, to the team there. And it, it just it's it's a great fit for Michigan. And it's one of those things where it's at the position that they needed the most. Right. So they have shored everything up by the transfer portal that they needed, maybe that they didn't need. They certainly were looking at guys that would have been kind of luxury items. This one isn't a luxury item. This one's a, Hey, we need this guy. 
Michigan's had a pretty good track record for the most part with these guys. I know some people talk about Cam Good and say, well, you know, he hasn't really done much. They haven't really needed him to yet. They've spoken very highly of him uh, in the last year or so. Keep in mind, Cam Good played in the college football playoff, whereas like a guy like RJ Moten did not. So I will be curious to see how this works out. I think it's going to work out really well for Michigan, and certainly it, it sets you up because you still have that whole year to get him acclimated, and uh, I, I think it sets Michigan up to be in a really good position because now there isn't anything that you look at with this team and say, well, that is an obvious weakness. Will one come up once the season starts? Certainly that's possible. But on paper, tons of experience, tons of guys just across the board, now you're the only places you're looking at is looking at, say, defensive end and saying, well, opposite Jalen Harrell, there's not a ton of obvious experience. Yes, yeah, some of those guys have played Derek Moore, Braden McGregor, you know, but it's it's, you know, one of those guys needs to step up. But it's still a situation where it's like, OK, that but they're in a, such a good shape at the moment that it doesn't really it, it almost doesn't even matter. Um, all right. As we listen to garbage trucks rumble on by, we are going to continue on here in just a moment as we move to Oliver Kamoa. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'm getting that right. We'll find out. If you want to get into the comfort kingdom, then guess what? I've got just the thing for you. Bird Dogs is revolutionizing comfort when it comes to your pants and your shorts. Whether you're looking for something dressy or for the gym or you're going out into the lake this summer or anything in between, Bird Dogs has got you covered. You'll look and you'll feel a heck of a lot better wearing Bird Dogs. And guess what? They allow you the versatility from going to the beach, to the golf course, right to your dinner or next meeting, the beautiful stretchiness of uh, current uh, athleisure uh, meets that, uh, that dressiness. It's great. So take my guy, the machine, Bert Kreischer. He wakes up at his lake house, he goes for a swim, smokes a cigar, grills, chills with his family, all in the same pair of summer shorts. That's how versatile they are. So go to birddogs.com slash college. enter the promo code LockedOnCollege, and they'll throw in a free tumbler with your order. That's uh, birddogs.com slash college with the promo code LockedOnCollege. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so not to be outdone, Michigan basketball got itself a transfer as well. So they're just doing it, you know. That's it's great stuff, you know, finally getting a guy. Uh and he's a grad, so I don't think that there's necessarily an admissions worry here. As a guy who's played four years already. And uh, Helsinki, Finland native Oliver Kamoa, uh, who has played his entire career with Tennessee. He is a, a power forward, 
Um, he uh, had his best season this last year in terms of with minutes played, relatively high field goal percentage, uh, not the highest uh, three uh, three point percentage, but you know he's still adept there, thirty three percent last year, whereas the year before when he uh, he played a couple less minutes, he had almost forty five percent from three, so that's huge help. Five rebounds a game, uh, two assists a game, uh, about a block a game. Uh, maybe a steal every other game and uh, not a lot of turnovers. Average 10.8 points uh, per game this past year. So um, it, it was a heck of a, um, it was a, a heck of a drop melodrama when it came to this because he has long been one of Michigan's top targets. Uh, he, once he went to the N, uh, NBA draft, it was he's either going to go there or he's going to transfer somewhere else. And it seemed like Michigan was going to be the place if he didn't stay in the draft. If he didn't stay in the draft, it just felt like, all right, it's coming. And then suddenly, a couple days ago, it's Michigan has been eliminated in for contention uh, by him. So it was shocking for a moment, right? Because it was like, okay, this was Michigan's guy to lose. And suddenly, Michigan's out, right? It, 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 it was jarring right so uh suddenly it was between west virginia and baylor i believe uh, i'm trying to to remember here while looking at what his top schools were uh but uh suddenly last night uh i, I don't remember exactly who it was if it was joe tipton or if it was uh i don't i even remember the name of the other guy that i'm thinking of but uh suddenly it was oh yep michigan's back in it with him Suddenly, as if from out of nowhere, and he commits to the Wolverines. So uh, whatever holdup there was, whether it was admissions, which, I mean, again, he's a grad transfer. I don't know how much that that was going to necessarily affect it. But it, if it was admissions or NIL or whatever it was, uh, the holdout is done. So still stinging that there is no Caleb Love in this class. That still is not fun, not good at all considering uh, how exciting that was going to be. And for the second time, we can look at what might have been, especially if he really takes a big step forward. But still a really solid transfer class for Michigan. Um, I think that Caleb Love was maybe a little bit more of a luxury at that position because it does sound like Jalen Llewellyn from everything I've seen. I could be wrong. Everything I've seen uh, looks like he's probably still around. Doug McDaniel obviously got a full year pretty much under his belt, so he can certainly get better. Um, But you still have Trey Jackson from Seton Hall. You still have Namari Burnett. Uh, So it's now you add... uh, Kamoa to this and it's still you know still have Terrence Williams it, it, it you know if, if he can actually improve he regressed last year suddenly you're, you're kind of cooking with the maybe not gas I mean certainly it's going to be a different look without Hunter Dickinson uh, you're relying more heavily on Terrace Reed but maybe Michigan goes with some smaller lineups here and there as well it, it's not like this dire abysmal situation a lot of these guys were highly ranked right it's just unproven talent. I know it's a it's a really fashionable thing to hate on Jawan Howard right now. I, I know a couple of these years haven't gone necessarily great. I would be remiss if I called the year two years ago a bad year. 
it just didn't go as well as had hoped, right? Kind of stumbling down the stretch, all of that. But this last year was the disappointment. All in all. And I think we can allow for a bad year here and there. I know it. we're in our fields. We look at this one year. We look at, you know, some kind of disappointment surrounding it. Uh, going, especially from a couple of years ago, going from being like the number, you know, a number one team, uh, essentially a one seed, and then not getting to the promised land with as much talent as they had. Listen, it, that that was a talented team, but it wasn't necessarily like, uh, you know, a one and done type Kentucky John Calipari team, right? It's still disappointing that they that they lost to to UCLA that year. Uh, but it wasn't like they uh, and they certainly underachieved, but it wasn't like UCLA was a, any kind of slouch either. Juwan Howard has done a at least an okay job, not this awful, awful job. I think the the egg on the face comes from the mixture of the essentially off court uh, antics. I mean, they've happened on the court, but you know what I mean. The the you know the antics when it comes to uh, some of the the fighting and whatever. I think we we gave him a pass with the first like three times. Uh, but then when, when you're doing that and you're losing and then you're losing uh, commits, when you're losing transfers, uh, you know, when you're getting guys to commit in and then they have they have to transfer again anyway, because admission says after the fact, hey, it's not going to work. That's that's on you. It hasn't been necessarily all smooth sailing, but it hasn't all, you know been all in these uh, in like torrential, awful, stormy waters either. So uh, I'm curious to see how this works out. I say give him a chance. He's going he's gonna to get that chance whether you like it or not. At least another year, maybe two. Just depends on how it goes. I think having a guy like Kamoa that gives you scoring, that gives you three-point ability, and uh, is at a, a key position in power forward, I think that that is big. And you still have some of these recruits uh, and uh, guys that uh, can certainly take that step forward. All right. Let's continue on. Let's get into the crystal ball stuff that I wanted to talk about. Um, And uh, some of it's crystal ball. Some of it's just kind of general recruiting. Let's get to that momentarily. All right. Let's finish out talking a little football recruiting to kind of even out this transfer and commit commit stuff uh, that we've seen here. Um, this isn't a, a new crystal ball, but this is kind of going off of it, which I, I'm curious to see what Amarian Stewart does. He's coming off of his Wisconsin visit this past weekend. And then immediately this now this doesn't sound like good news, right? Because immediately he's like, hey, I'm, I'm making my commitment on June 16th. That happens to be the day that he's also visiting Michigan. So it it could be if he is still, in fact, officially visiting Michigan, that could be good news, because why would you be on campus at Michigan and say, hey, I'm committing to Wisconsin? That sounds weird. But he's a guy who has four crystal balls and indicating he'll end up at Michigan. There's zero for any other school. Um, So he is an athlete from Chicago, considered to be a wide receiver. Michigan already has one wide receiver and Channing Goodwin committed. So I wanted to lead with Omarion Stewart because that leads into the next guy who just got a crystal ball today uh, or yesterday, rather. And that's Jordan Ship, who got one from Sam Webb. So uh, Sam Webb put in the first and only prediction 
for Jordan Ship. If that name sounds familiar, if you are a uh, recruiting casual like I had been for uh, a couple of years there, uh, he is a four-star receiver, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite, who also happens to be a recipient of passes from one Mr. Jaden Davis. He is part of that trio from Providence Day in Charlotte that Michigan is trying to get. So he is considering Michigan, NC State, and North Carolina. I mean, two of your friends are going to Michigan. You know you can play well with them. I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, why wouldn't you? He's the number four one, uh, 414 receiver in the country, according to the uh, composite and uh, the 59th best receiver. So he is a four-star, but it's like on the expanded four-star board. Um Nonetheless, I'm kind of surprised because I feel like, and I'm not looking at this and I'm not going to, um, I feel like he he was considered the higher end of the the duo of him and Channing Goodwin, but Goodwin, uh, I mean, Goodwin is a three-star according to the composite. Uh, Let's see here. Pulling this up here. And, uh, but he's a four-star according to 24-7 Sports at number 234 in the country. So within the top 24-7 uh, there, but uh, so you might be looking at your three receivers. Uh, they're still going to be hosting Ryan Wingo, the five star, uh, for an official visit. That still feels like a long shot, but you know, you know, when you've got the quarterback committed and you have, then he's a high level guy. So if you're a receiver, you know he can get you the ball. If Michigan can lay out a plan and really wow them with the facilities, which certainly the facilities are great. It's summertime. It's better to get a guy like Ryan Wingo on campus when it's beautiful out as it is at this point, uh, rather than uh, rather than than like getting Najee Harris on campus for the first time when it's snowing. You know what I mean? So uh, it's the old bait and switch, because even though they'll be on campus through uh, much of the terrible weather, it's something of a bait and switch a little bit. Uh, so there have been a couple more uh, crystal balls that have come in as well. So uh, this name was kind of newer to me. It's not a guy that I've been following, and he gets a uh, a crystal ball out of uh, the state of Pennsylvania. And uh, I do believe he also has a, a prediction from EJ Holland at on three, and that's David Pele Pele uh, from uh, Landisville, Pennsylvania, at the high school Hempfield. He is a defensive tackle. He's six three two eighty eight. Um, he's a three star. He's the composite has him at 753 overall, and uh, he's considering Michigan and Penn State. He has offers from Auburn, uh, Florida, Colorado, uh, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Tennessee. So, I mean, this SC, USC, uh, Wisconsin, Washington. So, th- this is a guy that can play, right? Sometimes you look at the, the three star rating. I know a lot of people do that, and they sit there and say, ah. I don't, I don't know. You know, they need four and five stars. All right. That might be true. But sometimes when you see a three star and he's got an offer from Ohio state, USC, that it's usually a pretty good indication that he is a lot better than maybe people are giving him credit for, but he's got his one prediction coming from the Pennsylvania high school level. So that is a pretty, pretty good one, right? Giving the Michigan insiders, uh, Putting it out there, that's uh, that's one thing. It's another thing when it's someone that's uh, kind of closer to the high school, especially in uh, in a, a Penn State guy. If, if it's between Michigan and Penn State and a Penn State guy, is like, yeah, he's going to Michigan. That's sometimes even more uh, effective in telling you what's going to happen there. 
Uh, so there's two more guys I want to talk about here. We're not going to talk about Owen Wafel. We've talked about him a little bit earlier in one of the mailbags. But this one here is a guy who visited for the spring game. It it did not feel like it was likely in my eyes at that time, in part because of the amount of commits that Michigan already has. And, uh, you know, the high school uh, that he goes to and all of that stuff. But Michigan is in the pole position now. Uh, long considered a Texas A&M lean he has still uh he's got the texas a&m crystal ball prediction from brian peroni who is excellent i worked with him at 24 7 sports uh, he covers texas a&m uh, but uh, michigan has come in with a prediction for bennett warren uh from sugarland texas fort bend christian academy he is a four-star rated 85th in the country uh, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite, and he is a tackle. He is a behemoth, 6'7 and a half, 330 pounds. Uh, he is now listed as warmer on 24-7 Sports, um, but uh, he's a guy to the shot put and discus, and uh, he is just an absolute beast. He is visiting Michigan again this weekend. He's, he just came off of the Texas A&M visit. He is also still going to Oklahoma and Tennessee, uh, Michigan, of course, has a lot of guys right now on the offensive line. And uh, it, it, Steve Lorenz, my mentor, put in a prediction for him two days ago. So it is uh, certainly trending in the right direction for Michigan uh, and Bennett Warren. That's a name that I did not expect would end up in the class, just kind of given uh, what I've heard about him and being close to uh, Texas A&M. And, but if, if you're if you're a high-end offensive lineman, why wouldn't you want to come play for Michigan, you know? Uh, before I move on from him, uh, I mentioned the, the teams he's visiting. Uh, I do want to say again, some of the offers. Flor- I mean, he was already the top 100 guy, but Florida, Florida State, LSU, Nebraska, Oregon, Penn State, Texas, Texas A&M, Utah. I mean, it's a who's who. Uh, if you're a Texas kid and you have Texas and Texas A&M, I mean, that's, that tells you everything you need to know. Doesn't You don't have to have Alabama and all of that. But absolute behemoth, a uh, guy that Michigan certainly would love to get into the fold here. Um, all right, last one. This one to me is a foregone conclusion anyway, and that's uh, Jacob Smith. His brother Jared Smith is already committed to Michigan. He's the edge rusher from Cheshire Academy. Michigan's hitting that high school hard. I think it's probably really good that they got Tariq Black in that class at one point. Uh, but they uh, they just got another prediction uh, for, for them, uh, this time coming from Josh Edwards uh, at Kentucky Insider. Ryan Doan, the national recruiting analyst, already had put one in for him. It's a Michigan-Kentucky battle, seemingly. Uh, for uh, Jacob Smith, the other edge prospect from Cheshire Academy, twin brother of Jared Smith. Uh, he's 6'5", 230, uh, rated 210 in the country, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite. If you want to talk about a who's who's offer list, especially coming from the state of Connecticut, it's insane, right? Alabama, Georgia, Notre Dame, Penn State, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas A&M, USC. I mean, it's it's everybody, right? So, um, yeah, that's, that is huge. And, uh, certainly that's not necessarily even rounding out the potential. Like I would imagine that it's 
unlikely that he ends up anywhere else because twin brother, Michigan's recruiting you really hard. Uh, you've already got that relationship with, you know, one of your teammates. You've got that relationship with, uh, with the, the same coaches. You know, you don't have to split you know, your parents' attention. Uh, it all kind of just makes sense. But um, I, I, I'm excited to see when that happens. But so it, you're starting to kind of get a good feel of uh, the who's left. And I, I still want to see what other top prospects end up getting on the board here. We're still waiting on, you know, other edge guys like Brian Robinson, who just visited this last weekend. That That's one of those like, hey, man, when's it going to happen? You've been you've been going this route for a long time. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if and when he pulls the trigger. That also seems like a Michigan Kentucky battle. So that might be an either or situation. You'd love to get a guy out of uh, out of Ohio, but I mean, he's not going to go to Ohio State. Doesn't have the Ohio State offer. So it, it's if it's an either or, I, I I don't think that there's one or the other that you can necessarily, you know, differentiate between. Anyway, I'll take the guy with the Alabama and the Georgia offer. You know what I mean? All right, that's going to do it for us today. We'll be back on Thursday. Again, no mailbag on Thursday. We're going to aim for a Saturday release there. But thanks for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Peace. Peace.